Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Well, night has fallen on the Mojave and the wind is howling. The wind howls. I can hear it rattling the windows here. Sometimes the whole building shakes. It's not much of a building, though. It shakes when a semi-truck rumbles down the highway. It shakes when somebody goes by on a bicycle at a pretty good clip. We've got winter weather. We rarely get it, but it's so beautiful when we do the whole high desert scrubbed clean by 40-mile-an-hour winds. I guess all the Kleenex and the little drug baggies and the toilet paper and the hamburger wrappers wind up out on the edge of Phoenix somewhere. Maybe out by Goodyear, it's hard to say. And you can try all you like to pick up your garbage and not leave a lot of rubbish wherever you go. A lot of cigarette butts and giant styrofoam soda cups and scumbags and whatever. But when the wind is like this, even taking out the garbage is a struggle. The trash company doesn't care, of course, if all the trash buckets fall over and the filth tumbles out and every yucca and choya is decorated in the ugliest possible way, like a Christmas tree in hell. You'd think a trash company in the high desert, where crazy wind is a regular feature of life, especially and in particular on Trash Day, well, you think they might put some kind of weight at the bottom of those wheeled plastic garbage holders, whatever they're called. You think they might invest a little of their profits in actually collecting a little more of the garbage instead of sharing it with the whole wild desert. Well, you would be wrong if you thought that. Some weeks I don't even pick up the trash. But good lord, they sure cash the checks. That does not present the same level of challenge for them at the garbage company. My friend John says he watches the same truck that picks up the trash turn around at the end of the dirt road and make a second trip to pick up the recycling. Dumped in the same truck with the garbage. Well, China stopped buying American trash or American recycling. Apparently a major U.S. export to China on those container ships and otherwise go back empty across the Pacific. China stopped buying American recyclables because our recycling is too filthy. Mixed up with full diapers and dead house pets and sometimes even poor old Uncle Al and Uncle Lou thrown in an open dumpster on the side of a dirt road left to the ravens who have better taste and the vultures who prefer eating off the ground like at a picnic and finally if the trash truck and or the recycling truck ever comes well somebody at the workyard in some industrial area south of Shanghai would have to separate all that muck from the bits of electronics and glass and cardboard and finally China said we have had enough of your garbage it's too dirty Imagine being so bad at everything that nobody even wants you recycling. It's enough to make you question the whole system. 
It's enough to make you look for a limestone cave somewhere. Maybe run to an embassy somewhere. If they would take you. Luckily, lucky for us and lucky for the animals and the plants that tolerate us, as long as we don't kill them all, we have the great Mojave wilderness. We have the great basin and all the other great American deserts. The Sonoran and the Colorado and the Chihuahuan. We have managed to protect and save so many of these wonderful places, and we will need them more than ever in the coming years. As the critters need more room to roam, wider ranges to graze and hunt, as all of the West becomes more like the Western Desert. Oh, it's a good time to love the desert. A good time to find it beautiful. Because there's going to be a lot more of it in our time, in your time. As they say on the cable news, happening now. If you've been driving around the high desert over the past 90 days, congratulations. It's an awfully pretty time to get to cruise around the desert. And if you've been driving Highway 62 or maybe out in the western Mojave around Victorville, maybe you took 247 over there. Well, you've surely noticed those striking and beautiful billboards promoting our new California Desert National Monuments. The Sublime Castle Mountains, tucked into the northeastern corner of Mojave National Preserve near the Nevada line. The stunning and nearly overwhelming Mojave Trails National Monument along Old Route 66, the Mother Road. And the perfectly named Sand to Snow National Monument, which rises up from the creosote flats of the transition zone all the way up to the top of mighty San Gorgonio, the highest peak in Southern California. The second tallest mountain in this very mountainous state. And the seventh highest peak in the contiguous 48 states. When you go from Los Angeles to Palm Springs, you go right by it. In fact, you go through Gorgonio Pass, beautiful places, preserved forever by Teddy Roosevelt's Antiquities Act. Theodore Roosevelt said this about protecting our natural wonders. Leave it as it is. You cannot improve on it. The ages have been at work on it, and man can only mar it. He said this about the Grand Canyon in particular, the American desert. May we have the wisdom, or at least the basic common sense, to keep up that good work. The next time you hear some criminal briefly in charge of the Interior Department braying like a donkey about being a Teddy Roosevelt conservationist, remember to laugh at him. Especially if he's being led away from the courthouse in an orange jumpsuit. Anyway, we were talking about the monuments, our new desert national monuments. 
that joined together the National Forest Wilderness and the Transverse Ranges with Joshua Tree National Park and Big Morongo Canyon and the Mojave Preserve and clear up to the tip of Death Valley. And we are talking about threats to these protected American treasures. Threats from within. Because a devil has snuck into our home. A devil has taken up residence. Our home, our western lands, must be cleansed of devils. Now let's get back to the billboards. Yes, some billboards are good every now and again. And that brings us to our friends at the 29 Palms Inn and the Campbell House, the good people behind this campaign to let all of us know, residents, visitors, even the occasional devil going by in a chartered jet from an oil drilling company. Now these desert national monuments aren't just beautiful. They aren't just home to mountain lions and desert bighorn sheep who so dearly need that room to roam. But they also provide good and interesting and morally correct jobs for the people out here. The people who take care of you at the hotels and the motels and the vacation rentals. The rangers who pull the choya out of your foot without mocking you for wearing sandals. The firefighters at the ready. The people making your pizza and your coffee and your tacos and your margaritas. The artists making all that nice stuff you take home to Brooklyn or Berlin or Echo Park. You know, I've been out here a long time and never once have I heard anybody say, I just love to come out to the desert to see the strip mines and the cesspools and the tract home development stretching for as far as I can see. It's inspirational. Nobody's ever said that. Nobody had let in my house anyway. We spoke to Brienne Duzas, who works at the Historic Inn, about getting people to appreciate what's right in front of them. We moved to the desert in the fall of 2012. We were looking for a break and something different from big city life. We were living in Toronto, Canada. I I have to tell you, I got heat rash within the first couple hours of walking around. There was just really something immediate about the beauty of the desert that really captured us. It was mysterious. It just seemed like it was calling us in some way that I think we're still trying to understand. We are here now. We've got two young kids. Being out here now as young parents, we have an entirely new appreciation for this area. To be able to walk out our front door with little kids and have incredible hiking trails around us, to be able to expose them to the wildlife and the native plants. We're so fortunate to be able to do this right now with our kids. Well, I have to tell you, when I hike at the Morongo Preserve with my kids, we're always being followed by scrub jays. Hopeful that we're gonna drop some snacks. This campaign to show support for our California Desert National Monument, which we did through a series of regional billboard ads. We had really felt this great uncertainty and concern during the monuments review. This was a campaign that we launched in December uh, to show support for our California Desert National Monument. We did a lot of community outreach and really looked 
to rally support from the desert community around us here. We designed billboard advertisements with a pretty direct statement that read, Desert Businesses Support San Bernardino County's National Monument. We were really looking to demonstrate the tremendous support that there is for these national monuments from the business community specifically. Um, and, you know, are happy to say that in the last three months, hundreds of thousands of people traveling throughout the county have seen the message, including decision makers like our San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors. Combined, these three new monuments preserve nearly two million acres of some of the most beautiful landscapes in the world and serve as this great piece to connect three really diverse and very fragile desert ecosystems together. These monuments are so important for creating uh, vital wildlife corridors between Joshua Tree National Park and the Mojave National Preserve. They protect incredible Native American cultural site and one of the longest stretches of undeveloped Route 66. People come from all over the world to see the desert wildlife in a natural setting, to see the bobcats and the roadrunners and the array of plants that you're not going to find anywhere else in the world. We need to protect these spaces. The 29 Palms Inn has been in business for 90 years now. Established long before Joshua Tree was a monument, let alone a national park with millions of visitors pouring through every every year. The California desert is unlike any other place in the world. We hear it from our guests every day. People come out here seeking solitude and to escape from the noise and bright lights of the big city. Fortunately, Mojave Trails, Castle Mountains, and Sand of Snow are exciting extensions of Joshua Tree National Park and the Mojave National Preserve. People have really woken up to this new understanding of how special a place the California desert is. We certainly wanted to make a billboard that was visually pleasing, something nice to look at in, in contrast to the other billboards you see up along the road. We've got a, a beautiful bighorn sheep in the foreground. We've got a family looking out to the mountains and the creek. The response to the campaign has been really positive. I think we feel we've accomplished much of what we set out to do. We received a lot of really heartfelt thank you messages from other business owners and local conservation leaders and community members and even past hotel guests. So what we shouldn't forget is that these California desert monuments were nearly 10 years in the making. A really diverse group of organizations had come together and fought for a really long time to see that these designations were made. It, it isn't just about protecting these lands for the travelers and the visitors who come from all over the world. These new desert monuments are really important to the long-term sustainability of our local tourism economy. Whether you're fortunate enough to live or work here or you've flown halfway across the world to come visit these deserts, we are all visitors to these lands. It's like a life-changing experience. I mean, you come out here and you're humbled by the expansive landscapes and the raw, undeveloped landscapes. You look around, suddenly realizing how big this world is. The desert is so full of life. If, if you allow yourself the chance to come out here and sit quietly and really observe it. One trip out to the desert and you suddenly feel the, the draw to come back time and time again. Being able to look up at night and actually see the Milky Way. My name is Brianne Duzas. I live in Morongo Valley and I work as the Director of Marketing for the 29 Palms Inn and Campbell House, two historic desert inns located in the Mojave Desert, California. Camp Katy Wildlife Area. 2008, 
Well, the sunbleached sign said Camp Katie Wildlife Area anyway, and the old compound along the Mojave River looked fairly unwelcoming to the public with its disintegrating old barns and cattle pens. I just drive on in. I figured the place is unstaffed, abandoned, unloved, like so much out here. No crime to visit a California Department of Fish and Game Reserve, right? The mean-looking guy in the olive green quails unlimited cap and bushy gray beard is riding one of those bulky, bouncy quad contraptions popular with old farmers and not-so-old hunters. Maybe he's got a shotgun, maybe not. I generally figure anybody who looks like they might have a gun should be treated as someone who has a gun. Uh, hello, I say through the open window, and he yells back, Where do you think you're going? I say I'm looking for the wildlife viewing place, Camp Katie. Well, you just drove past a sign saying no entrance. Was that even true? There was no point in arguing. I gesture back to the smiling three-year-old in the kid's seat who was jabbering something about owls. I'd mentioned there might be barn owls in the old wooden water tower. The three-year-old cheerfully says, Hi, are there owls here? Better than a gun sometimes. Well, the caretaker's name is Dave, a volunteer from the quail conservation group. He shows us where to park, and then he shows us around. Sorry, he says, most people who drive up here are looking to shoot stuff or off-road. The U.S. Army made their outpost here in 1860. On the sandy bank of the Sandy or Mojave River. And they grandly named it Camp Katy. They made shelters of loose brush or just dug holes to burrow within like rats. Now this lonesome spot halfway between the Colorado River and the Pacific, these ragged soldiers were ordered to keep the river trails safe from marauding Paiute and Shoshone, who never much marauded and generally lived a more civilized life than these filthy losers doomed to bake under the desert sun. Crude adobe structures were eventually built, although none of them remain today. The fort was repeatedly abandoned over the next dozen years and finally reactivated for a last stand against the Confederacy, which apparently never noticed. Floodwaters melted the whole mud brick complex down the river in 1938. Walking along the dry bed, Dave points out a banged-up old boat roasting in the sun. There was real water in this river now and then, not so long ago. The water ran above ground in 1993 and again at Christmas 2003. A desert winter so wet that kayakers rushed to Death Valley to row across lake beds that are usually bone dry. These days, the oriental alien tamarisk, or salt cedar, clogs up the Mojave River. It's a pretty tree, but it doesn't belong here, and it has a terrible appetite for what little water is available. And that's no good for the much prettier native cottonwood and the native desert creatures 
who are diminished in the process. The tamarisk must die. Here on the Fish and Game Refuge, Dave shows us some new tricks being played on the hardy trees. After a tent is installed around a tamarisk, these Eurasian beetles are set loose upon the tree and they kill it. God knows what happens next. The history of strategic use of alien predators is universally grim on this planet. But maybe the tents work. We stroll through the old barns and crumbling cow gates. These were built with the diminished fortunes of one Alexander Pantages, the vaudeville theater magnate who once ran a string of sparkling venues throughout North America. Pantages, the Greek tycoon, moved from Seattle to Los Angeles and he gave Walt Disney a start in the animated film business. But Pantages had other interests. As Wall Street collapsed in 1929, he was tried and convicted for the rape of a 17-year-old dancer. The conviction was overturned on appeal, but Pantages was finished in show business. He began breeding racehorses here at Camp Katy, and he died in 1936, two years before the savage floods would wash away the old remnants of the army complex. Dave invites us inside the little house where the caretakers reside. There are racks of desert bighorns and other curiosities. In the kitchen, he offers milk to the kid, root beer to me. We sit at the creaky table and he opens a bound volume of drawings and handwritten poems and begins to read. Cowboy poems. Who does this? Who does this out here in this artless desert? Dave Smith of Hesperia. That's who does it. Well, before we go, I've bought one of his poetry CDs, all proceeds to a cystic fibrosis charity, and vowed to join Quails Unlimited, which I may have done for a year or two. Gotta send checks to a lot of the groups out there. Got to pay the tithe, as Edward Abbey said. I left the perfect silence of that Mojave River refuge and headed back up Harvard Road. Now, if you want to visit, I'd suggest you call somebody first. Somebody who might know whether or not you're allowed public access to these 1,900 acres of public land on the Mojave River right now. I'll give you two phone numbers. 760-257-0900. That's the landline. Or call the Bishop Office at 760-872-1171. Or just look up Camp Katy. That's C-A-D-Y. Now, to get there, don't pay too much attention to the directions your phone or your car provides. Instead, just go east from Barstow on I-15, Harvard Road, south to Mojave Trail Road, that's a dirt road, and east to the old barns and little house serving as the headquarters. Last I checked, there were indeed barn owls in the barns. But please do note that there are hunters in quail season, whenever that is, and enjoy this less-than-welcoming welcome statement on Camp Katie's website. 
For information on public use regulations for this area and other department lands, please refer to the CDFW Public Lands Regulations booklet. Scroll to the table of contents, locate the page number for general regulations for public uses on all department lands. For additional regulations that apply only to certain properties, check the table of contents for sections that refer to additional or property-specific regulations for wildlife areas or ecological reserves. All visitors are responsible for knowing and following the general and property-specific regulations. Now, Camp Katy was the main base, such as it was, on a long, desolate stretch of what was called the Old Government Road, the Mojave Road. Why it went from the Colorado River all the way to the San Bernardino Mountains. You can travel a good long section of that dirt road today, the old Mojave Road, through Mojave National Preserve. It looks pretty much like it did 150 years ago. Friends, I know that on March 1st, many of you will be attending the public meeting regarding the current federal government's craven attacks on our desert national parks and national monuments and millions of acres of protected desert wildlands and wilderness, the places where we camp and roam and enjoy. And it's so good to have people who care about the deserts, the full-timers and the weekenders and the once-every-thanksgivingers and the ones who got hooked out there in the rocks and the sun and the sand and the clean blue skies and said, this place I will love forever. It's for me. Rattlesnakes and choya and kissing bugs and all. Well, on that same night, and I don't want to make you feel bad about not coming, you know? But Desert Oracle has its last campfire stories of the season at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs, March 1st, Thursday night. We start at 7 p.m. at the fire ring. I have the feeling this will be a weird one, a strange charge to the proceedings. And it's just plain romantic to sit around a campfire while some dubious character tells you terrible stories about scorpions and centipedes and Charles Manson and other monsters. I appreciate all of you who have made the trip to our campfire ring from all over the USA, from Canada, Mexico, from all over the world, even Australia of all places, and I thought they had desert enough of their own over there. If you want to make a night of it, call the Ace and say I'm coming for campfire stories. The code word is Desert Oracle, all one word like some spy deal, and you'll get a nice discount on your room. March 17, Saturday evening up in Joshua Tree, Desert Oracle will be part of Curate Joshua Tree's art event at Outpost Projects, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're doing the program from a vintage yellow trailer right there on the property, a mobile radio broadcast studio. Our friend Red Blue Black Silver, who often creates the soundscapes you hear on this program, well, he's going to be there as well with his analog synthesizers and other such wizardry going to legally broadcast the show with a low-power transmitter so you can sit in your car parked in the dirt there and hear it on the FM dial if you're feeling shy about being around so many artists. Or if you want to make out with somebody like you're at the monster movie drive-in, which you are in a way, 
From Amboy to Zizek's and across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from KCDZ 107.7 FM in Joshua Tree, Friday nights at 10 p.m. Thanks for listening, and good night from the voice of the desert.